You are now listening to the Faith Community Bible Church Podcast. It's our prayer that this message is not only a blessing to you, but to your entire family. Join us as we aim to make Christ known in our community by caring for the community. God bless. Amen. Faith Community, let's celebrate God together today. Amen. It is good to be here. So good to be here today um, for corporate worship. Faith Community, help me celebrate God today for all of our first-time visitors that are here today. Amen. Not only those who are here in the building with us, but those who are watching online or listening to our podcast, we're grateful um, that you chose Faith Community as your place of worship today. If you are here in the building and you have not done so, make sure that you see someone from our connection station. They have on orange lanyards and would love, love, love to get to know you. Fill out a connection card so that we can better know how to pray for you and serve you in the future. We are glad that Faith Community is your place of worship today. Come on, Faith Community, one more time for our visitors and friends that are here. Amen. Amen. We are delighted, delighted to be sharing in the word with you today. For those that I don't know, my name is Mike Bird, and I have the great privilege to be um, lead pastor here at Faith Community and excited to share in the word. Grab your Bibles, y'all. We are walking through Romans, walking through Romans. Um, and we will close out today Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7 is where we'll be today. And we'll begin reading at verse 14. Romans chapter 7. What's up, Earl? E. Docket, coach? <laughs> Romans chapter 7. We'll begin reading at verse 14. Romans chapter 7. Beginning at verse 14. When you have it, won't you say, I got it? If you need more time, say, hold on. Amen. Romans. Romans chapter 7. There's a word uh, from the Lord beginning at verse 14. It says this. For we know that the law is spiritual. But I am of the flesh, sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but do the very thing I hate. For if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. For now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Oh, 
wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. That's Romans chapter 7 verses 14 through 25. May the Lord add a blessing to the readers, hearers, and the doers of his word. Grab your seats today as we we look at Romans 7, specifically verses 14 through 25. I want to preach today, if I can, from a subject. The struggle is real, but so is freedom. The struggle is real. But so is freedom. Y'all, if we're honest, if we keep it a buck, keep it a hundred, keep it real with ourselves, we will all really admit honestly that life is filled with struggle. There's so much struggle that life presents. Many things are presented to us that really causes turmoil in our lives. So much struggle in our life that if we're honest, right, sometimes we just want to quit. Finding ourselves in the middle of a struggle where we just want to throw in the towel, finding ourselves really um, waging war with everything that's not only happening around us, but really what's going on on the inside of us, and we just want to chuck life the deuces sometimes. Your struggle may be different from your neighbor, but here's the truth. The struggle is real. The struggle is real. We see all throughout Scripture that there's struggle. John 16, right? Matthew 16, and even James chapter 1, right? Consider or count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you experience various trial or many struggles, right? Because the testing of your faith produces patience. The struggle is real. But the problem with struggle is that most of us find ourselves in struggle and try to find a way out. We try to find a way out, right, to live or to behave our way out of struggle. We want to avoid struggle. We tend to think that freedom from struggle comes how we live or based off of what we have the ability to do. We pursue comfort, avoid conflict, and in many ways avoid the feelings even that comes with struggle. I heard a friend tell me in the midst of struggling, In my own life, he says, there's no place called away. There's no place called away. Therefore, the struggle that you're experiencing, you have to experience the struggle. Therefore, you got to sit in it. You got to rest in it. Right? There was a songwriter who said, you can't go around it. You can't go under it. You can't get over it. But the giants, someday they'll fall. We cannot get away from who we are, how we are made, or even the struggle that comes with living in in broken bodies in this fallen world. But if we're honest today, there's this inner conflict or this inner struggle that we have as followers of Jesus where we tend to want our own way and when things don't go our way, there's a major problem. I'm reminded of 1 Peter 4, 12, where he says, Beloved, right, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, right, the burning struggle 
that's happening on the inside of you. Counter, you, you, you know, we got to understand that we can't run from the struggle. While our life is filled with struggle, thanks be to God that only he has the power to bring us through it. Y'all don't miss your shout. As a matter of fact, don't miss your main point today. While life has struggle, God has the power to bring us through it. I want you to know, grab a hold of this today, that while life is filled with struggle, it is not your behavior that can bring you peace. Well, like, well I'm struggling, right, um, with this financial situation, but if I, if, if I had more money, the struggle would be over. What if I were to tell you that the struggle would never be over, but the person who, who you face your affections on will help you get through it? What if I just had a better job? And that's and not going to do us any good to have a better job if we still got bad spending habits. Hear this today, right? It's not your behavior that will bring you peace in the struggle. You are released from what has been keeping you bound, not because of something that you were able to do, but simply because of the finished work of Jesus. You are free in Christ. Yes, you have been free from what's keeping you bound, right? But you are free in Christ. You've been released from the law, meaning that you are no longer bound to what you cannot fulfill. Yeah, the struggle is real, but so is freedom. Listen, Christ Jesus redeemed us from the curse that has been brought through the law by becoming a curse for us. Read Galatians 3. You, you, you'll see that, right? What Jesus did, right? Talking about how the struggle is real, but so is freedom, right? While life has its struggle, God brings, God brings us through them all. And sometimes the struggle that he wants to bring us through, you don't always get over. You just know how to deal with it. But understand this, right? We, we, we find ourselves saying that if I can keep these rules, this law, then the struggle will be over. But no, you can't keep it on your own. Right? Jesus substituted himself in our place, and upon the cross, he took the punishment that is justly ours so that we are no longer under the curse of the law. And, and, and in doing so, he fulfilled, he upheld the requirements of the law. We, we have, see, there's this inner battle, this inner battle, this, this inner struggle really between the law and sin. Right. That's why Paul said in the text, right, it, when I will to do good, when I desire to do good, when I want to do good, evil is always present with me. Why? Because there's a war going on between the flesh and the spirit. Which one wins? The one you feed the most. Well, this struggle seems so hard. How are you feeding? You? What, what are you feeding you? We have this inner battle of struggle between the law and the spirit, but Jesus defeated them both. Jesus defeated the law by fulfilling it, and he defeated sin through his death, burial, and resurrection. Therefore, we're no longer bound by the law. We're no longer defined by sin, but we are free in Christ. Hallelujah. We're free in Christ while life has struggled. God brings us through them all. We've learned, y'all, thinking through Romans 7 so far that the law is really the do's and don'ts that God has given us for moral behavior. Though we've been released from the law through believing in Jesus and his finished work on the cross, right, we learned last week that we still have need for it. The law is simply put, again, the do's and don'ts of moral behavior, right? The law can't save us, right? You ain't saved because of the law, right? 
you're able to you're able to live in freedom, right? Because Christ fulfilled it. The law that God gave is really so that people would have a God to live by and a standard by which they might recognize God's purity in our sinfulness. The law is really a reflection of the character of God because the law comes forth from the very heart of God. The Bible says, right, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when God gave the law, he was speaking out of the abundance of his heart. He was speaking from what was in him. Therefore, the law is good because it comes from God. It's pure because it comes from God. It's right because it comes from God. It's holy because it comes from God. But hear this, that don't mean you can fulfill it. it, it, it but think about it, right? It's wrong to lie because it's against God's nature to lie. It's wrong to steal because it's against God's nature to steal. But if you try to do that on your own, you're going to find yourself stealing and living this pattern. Seeing forgiveness, seeing forgiveness, seeing forgiveness, or seeing repentance, seeing repentance, seeing repentance, right? Because you're trying to overcome it on your own. But Jesus fulfilled it. The law, again, it's the very nature. It comes from the very nature um, from God. It's his heart, right? While the law, by its nature, comes from the heart of God, it's the standard for our conduct. But hear this, it has its limits. The law is not sin. Believers are no longer under law, but that is not to say that the law has no application in your life. I don't have time really to go back up to the first, uh, the first 13 verses of this chapter, right? But you can go read it on your own and you can see, right, that God, you, you know, really, Romans 7, 1 through 13 really helps us to see the power of God at work. Something that really reveals to you how bad you really are, God uses it for his glory. Because the law reveals so many different things to you and helps you to see not only how, how terrible we are without Christ, but it helps us to see how powerful Jesus really is. Understand, y'all, that the law really shows our inability to obey it and reveals to us the favor of God. By God's amazing grace, y'all, God has credited Christ's obedience to the law to our account. Thus, we are justified, as the Scripture says, by faith alone, in Christ alone, through grace alone. Hence, we are not under the law, but we are under grace. I know, right, you've been trying to behave a certain way and you find yourself failing time after time after time, but let me free you. The grace of God is in operation in your life, right? Y'all do know, right, that, that Thomas Whitfield was on to something when he said, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. T'was grace that kept me this far, and it is by grace that I'm going to be led home. That means that I don't need to drown because of my issues. When I find myself knee-deep in sin, Fall from a peaceful shore. I don't need to run home and close my curtain, ball up in a fetal position because of my sin. But the grace of God is in operation in my life, allowing me to live in freedom. Let me tell you, right? Christianity is not saying live this way. <laughs> That's not the root of, of, of me having a relationship with Jesus because we can't live that way on our own. Having a relationship with Jesus is simply be with him and allow him to live in and through you. You know, living a Christian life, Trina, listen, 
Living a Christian life has nothing to do with you, but everything to do with Christ living his life through you. That's the grace of God at work, right? It's, tr- it's a true statement, y'all, that we're under grace. It- it's a true statement that we've been released from the law and married to Christ. It's a true statement, y'all, that the law reveals sin, disapproval and wrath. But even though the law does this, we still need it in our lives. There's a purpose for the law. There's still ministry service, y'all, that the law provides, right? Um, when you think about the law and its work in your life, right? When I think about the law, I'm going to tell you what comes to mind for me, Earl, right? It comes to mind, right? Me and, me and my wife, several months ago, right, went on a Friday night triple date with some couples. We went bowling. And I won't tell y'all um, his name, but Pastor Dern was bowling. And for whatever reason, for whatever reason, whenever he rolled the ball, the ball went in the gutter. Well, he get 10 tries, let's say eight times and went in the gutter. But the interesting thing is he didn't want to embarrass himself, but if he wanted to, he could have put up gutter guards. And what the gutter guards does, it don't help him bowl better. It just helps the ball not to go in the gutter. It helps to ensure, right, that, that, that these guardrails help to ensure that he don't go in the gutter. That's the law to the life of the blood ball, right? That's the spirit of God working through the law. No, it don't make you live better. It just keeps you from going in the gutter, right? It's not because, right, of the law that you're able to strike, but it's because God has placed guardrails around your life so that you won't fall. Here it is. Listen to this. The struggle, let, 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 let's just be honest, the struggle to live for Jesus is real. Come on, brothers, I'm talking about when you was at the restaurant and you saw old girl, the struggle is real. Ladies, I'm talking about, right, when you in your car, your husband just washed your car, but then you see somebody else in their car and it's clean, another man, right? The struggle is real. The struggle is real. Right. When you want to make yourself seem and look a certain way in front of other people and you figure that you will just lie because they'll never understand the struggle is real. But hear this. So is freedom. While life has struggle, God brings us through them all in the life. Of the blood bought, y'all. Yeah, the law reveals to us our sin, brings death to our sin nature, reveals to us our need for a savior, and really it shows us the sinfulness of sin. Knowing what the law can do, there's a question that Paul does a great job leaving on the table in these last few verses in this text. In this chapter, there's a question he's leaving on the table. Well, if the law does all of this, well, what can't the law do? That's the question. What can't the law do? If it's given for us to know the do's and don'ts of moral behavior, we know know that it does those things, but what can't it do? In chapter 7 of Romans, y'all, Paul knew really that the questions would arise about how the law relates to their faith. And Paul, in this chapter, really explains that relationship, really, because in chapter 6, he explained to them what it meant to be under the law but under grace. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under the law but under grace. What then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. See, when we are under the law, when you are under the law, 
Sin exercises control over your body, but now that you're under grace, we're able to fully fulfill the righteous requirements of the law, not on our own, but because of Christ. Just because we are under grace doesn't mean that God has totally dissolved the law. You got to know how to live. It's almost like putting together a bookshelf. I have the freedom to put it together how I fit. But if I want it to last, y'all ain't even. <laughs> if I want it to last, there's some instructions that I got to follow. I'm telling you this from experience. BJ, listen, when, when you buy a bookshelf from the store, it does not come with extra screws. Right? We have instructions that we ought to live by, right, to ensure that we last longer, right? We are, un we are under grace. That doesn't mean that um, God has totally dissolved the law. He's fulfilled it, but he's given us something to live by, right? Come here, uh, Romans 7, verse 12. So the law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. Though it was good, it is our own power and strength. It, 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 in our own power and strength, y'all, it, it, um, it it, it could have been kept, right? Uh, it couldn't have been kept, right? Because we find ourselves repeating a sin pattern. Because of this pattern, y'all, we find ourselves in, right? We really need the law because if it was left up to us, we, we okay with ungodly patterns. Because we listen to Steve Harvey, don't trip, God ain't through with me yet. But I'm going to tell you this, the half truth is a whole lie. Just because he, he was right in, don't trip, God ain't through with me yet, but we should be comfortable where we are if we say we belong to Jesus because we know, right, that he, he has given us a standard to live by. We ought to surrender fully to the freedom that we have in Christ by his spirit to live in a way that honors him. If he ain't through with you yet, why don't you show the work that he's doing in your life? Even in all that the law does, there's still some things that the law just can't do. And Paul draws an end to Romans 7. He shows us those things. In this text, y'all, um, the apostle Paul really reflects on the struggle between law and sin. This passage, y'all, many refer to as the inner conflict or the struggle with sin. In these verses, y'all, Paul really does well describing this tension really between wanting to do what is right according to the law of God, but finding himself unable to consistently follow through. I just know that that, that, that ain't only Paul's wrestle. That's not only Paul's tension. But if we're honest, right, it's our tension too. We want so much to do what God wants us to do. Want so bad to live a life that brings glory to the Father. As a matter of fact, we could even stay in the Word and just say what he said when I will to do good right evil is always present I have to ask myself Keisha why is evil always present because let's just be honest it feels so good it feels good right but I'm gonna tell you something broccoli smothered in cheese tastes good but it's unhealthy right there's there's so many things let me tell you this honey buns Or so good. I'm a recovering addict. <laughs> They're so good. They're so good to me. But it ain't good for me. Your sin is the same way. It's so good to you, but it ain't good for you. 
the key theme really here revolves around the recognition of human weakness and the inability of the law alone to bring about righteousness. Paul acknowledges the power of sin and the need for divine intervention for true transformation. Do you know that true transformation you can't do on your own? I know you think you can change yourself. The reality is if you could change yourself, you'd have did it a long time ago, right? This passage really does a great job at setting the stage for Romans 8, right? Because really what he's saying here in Romans 7, your behavior can't save you. Your law can't save you. You can adopt new habits. That won't change you, right? But then, right, you finish and you say, well, what does? I love what he says in Romans 8. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit for those who live according to the flesh, set their mind on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, set their mind on things of the spirit. I ain't going to read all of Romans 8 while I could because it's mm -mm good. I need you to know that what he does here in Romans 7, right? That he says, right? He don't leave us hanging, Davina. He says, listen, there's no way for you to live for Jesus all on your own. There's no way for you to fulfill the moral code all on your own, right? And he says, hey, the law can't do it. But then he changes gears in Romans 8 and says, but it's the job of the spirit. He acknowledges in Romans 7 the power of sin and the need for divine intervention for true transformation. This passage sets the stage for how he's going to talk about how we gain victory over sin through faith in Christ by the work of the Spirit in Romans 8. But there's a question that he's answering in these last 11 verses in Romans 7 before he gets to the work of the Spirit. There's so much that the law can do but what can't it do? This text shows us three, three actions that the law just can't do. I'm going to give them to you. Number one, the law cannot change us, but shows us our need to change. The law can't change you, but shows us our need to change. Watch what he says in verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual. But I am of the flesh, sold under sin. Hear this. I know we need to change. We all will be honest and say, yeah, we need to change. But hear this. The law cannot change you. The law cannot change you. In Romans 7, 12, he describes the character of the law in four words. Holy, just, good, and spiritual. Understand this. The law being holy and just. Nobody can deny because it came from a holy God who is perfectly just in all that he says and does. The law is good. Why? Because really it reveals God's holiness to us and helps us to see our need for a savior. What does it mean then, pastor, that if the law can't change me, then what does it mean that the law is spiritual? It means that the law deals with the inner man. 
The law, it, it deals with the inner man, the spiritual part of man, as well as with the outer actions. In the original giving of the law in Exodus, y'all, the emphasis was on the outward actions. But when Moses restated the law in Deuteronomy, that he emphasized the inner quality of the law as it relates to man's heart. The spiritual emphasis is clear, right? In Deuteronomy 10, 12, here's what he says. And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I am commanding you today for your good. You know you can't do that on your own. And the law cannot do that. The law can't change you for you to do that. The law cannot change us, but shows us our need to experience change. The repetition, right, of this word love in that Deuteronomy text, right, shows that the, the deeper interpretation of the law that relates to the inner man. See, here's the reality. Our, our nature is carnal. Our nature is fleshly, but the law's nature is spiritual. This explains, y'all, why our old nature responds as it does to the law. It's been well said. The old nature knows no law. The new nature needs no law. The law cannot transform the old nature. It can only reveal how sinful the old nature is. The believer who tries to live under the law will only activate the old nature. He will, he will not destroy it. Why? Because uh, uh, we, we focus, right, uh, let me tell you this. You focusing on rules won't change you. Rather, uh, let me tell you, right, we, can't, we, can't, we cannot continue to create habits where we focus on rules and lose our affection for the ruler. We focus so much on rules that we forget the ruler. The spiritual and natural are at war against one another. The one that prevails, the one that wins, will be the one you feed the most. Come here, um, Galatians 5. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify, fulfill, live out, pour gas on the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are at war against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, hear this, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Remember what he said, when I will to do good. Evil was always present with me. So if I'm constantly feeding my flesh and ignoring the nourishment that my spirit needs, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to live out what my flesh wants to do. Right? He said, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law, but under grace. While life has struggle, we have freedom in Christ. Hear that? The struggle is real, but so is freedom. Now, now when we talk about struggle, don't think about materials. Don't think about materials, you wanting something that you can't have. Think about the struggle being real. You knowing you shouldn't do something, but you're just going to go do it anyway. And as soon as it go bad, Deacon Dad, we say, something told me. But I want to tell you, it's not a something, but rather it's someone who's working in your life. And here's the thing. We have become so accustomed to allowing the Spirit of God to work behind the scenes in our life when really he needs a front row seat. 
when everything that we do, right, um, should revolve around the spirit instead of the spirit revolving around everything that you do. But the reality is the law can't change us, but helps us to know that we need to change. Thank God for the power of the spirit at work in our lives. We can't change ourselves. The struggle is real, but so is freedom. Number one, the law just can't change us, but shows us that we really need to change. Like, can, can, can I just be honest with you? Even if you, are, even if you think you're good at an area, you need to change. Even if you think that you got it going on, you think you're the best thing since sliced bread, you're the greatest miracle since Miracle Whip, there's things in your life that you need to change. Maybe, it don't, maybe, maybe you ain't living like so-and-so. Maybe you don't like the way so-and-so do things and you think you can do it better. The fact that you think you can do it better says you need to change. Because it's not about who can do it better. It's about who you're giving glory to, and that's the Lord. Right? The struggle is real, but so is freedom. The law cannot change us, but shows us, number one, our need to change. But here's number two. The law cannot enable you to do good, but it reveals your need for help to live good. The law cannot enable you to do good, but reveals our, reveals our need for help to do good. Watch what he says in the text, verse 15. Here's what he says. For I don't understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it's good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. We need help. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what, keep on, is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. Listen, the law cannot enable us to do good, but reveals to us our help, our need for help. Three times in this passage, Paul says, sin dwells in me. Let me tell you, sin dwells in us. When he says this, he was referring to uh -uh, the old nature, right? Your old nature dwells in you. Why does it dwell? Because we haven't put it to death. It's interesting that the same Paul right here in Romans 7 that says, when I will to do good, evil was always present when me, wrote a letter to the church at Colossae and telling them in chapter 3, put to death what's earthly in you. He's telling them to put to death, though like, it's interesting, right? Um, we sing Tasha Cobbs. There's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. And we want to repeat it. Break every chain. Break every chain. Here's the thing. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. But the question that we got to wrestle through is why is why do we trust the power of Jesus to break the chain? But as soon as the chain is broken, all of a sudden we turn into welders trying to put that same chain back together. 
Because we find more comfort in what's keeping us bound than being free. We find more comfort in what, who we used to be because our identity is found in our sin and not in our freedom in Christ. But know this, the law, your actions, the things that we do cannot enable us to do good, but it shows us that we need help. He continues to say that sin dwells in us. He's saying that the old nature is still there. Now, it is also true, y'all, that Holy Spirit dwells in us. And in Romans 8, Paul really explains how the Spirit of God enables us to live in victory, something that the law could not do. Can I just uh, help y'all real quick and do a shameless plug for the next several weeks as we walk through Romans 8 to help you see the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I know, y'all, we thought that the ministry of the Holy Spirit was to make us shout. I know that you thought that the ministry of the Holy Spirit was to get you all in your feelings, but the ministry of the Holy Spirit does more than that. Does the Spirit of God at work in your life cause you to shout? It does. Does the Spirit of God cause you to get up in your feelings, making you cry and run and see what the end going to be? It absolutely does. But the Spirit of God at work in the life of the blood ball enables us to live free in Christ. The Spirit of God at work in the life of the blood ball, come here, Galatians 5, causes us to produce godly fruit. Think about this, right? If you go to a store and buy a bag of apples and all of them rotten, you ain't going to buy them. So how is it then that we say we need the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God is at work in our life and we live in rotten fruit? Here it is. Paul points out there's a problem with myself. He points out in his text there's a problem with me because when I will to do good, when I want to do good, evil is always present with me. I cannot do this on my own is what he's saying. He reveals that there's a problem with self. And, and that same thing that Paul has come to the realization of, let me tell you, right, the issues that's going on in your life is not your neighbor. It's you. It's not the people who, it's you. There's some problems in your life that you have to work through. And you got to understand that getting over those, you cannot do it on your own. You need someone greater, someone far more powerful than you to help you overcome it. He says, for I do not understand my own actions. Here's what that looks like in our life. You ever ask your kid, why you do it? And they say, I don't know. But that's what Paul's got to remember, right? My daddy said, you, you don't know a whole lot, <laughs> right? He says, I don't understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. He's saying, listen, I don't understand my actions. I don't do what I want, but I do know that I hate what I do. There's no way that we can be in relationship with God and love sin. Just because you do it don't mean that you can love it. No, you got to hate it. Just, do you know that if sin stinks in the nostrils of God, it ought to stink to yours too? Hey, told y'all last week about Jamie Foxx, right? Something st- some stinks. It, it does smell bad, doesn't it? Is it, it, it something, right, that we the ones stinking, but the first thing we do is blame somebody else for the smell. It's us. It's us. He says, now, if I do what I do not, I agree with the law that is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. 
For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Here it is. I want to do what's right, Keisha, but I can't carry it out. I want to do what's right, but I, 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 don't, I don't know how. I want to do it. But I'm so used to the way things have been going that I would just much rather stay where I am than learn something new. But can I tell you this? The struggle is real. But so is freedom. The struggle is real. But so is freedom. How do I know it? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things um, are made new. He says, so I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at the door. Y'all, this is not to say that followers of Jesus have a split personality. Paul ain't saying here, I got a split personality, because he doesn't, right? Uh, what he's really getting at is that I know salvation makes me whole. Salvation makes us whole, but it does not indicate that our mind, will, and body can be controlled either by our old nature or the new nature, but we ought to be controlled by the Spirit of God. The statements, y'all, in this text indicate or helps us to see, right, that there's two serious problems for us. We cannot do the good that we want to do and the evil that we do. We just don't want to do it. Does this mean, y'all, that we can't stop ourselves from breaking God's law? That that we was a liar, a thief, a murderer? Right now, Paul was really saying that of himself he could not obey God's law, and that even when he did, evil was still present. We can't fulfill it on our own. The law cannot enable us to do good, but shows us our need for help. I love Luke 17. So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. It's interesting, when you think about legalism, legalists, those who um, are strict to the law, they say, obey the law and you'll do good and live a good life. But the law only reveals and arouses sin, showing us how sinful it is and showing us how sinful we are. It's impossible, y'all, for us to obey the law because, uh, I, it, it, let me speak for me, it's impossible for me to obey the law because I have a sinful nature that rebels against the law. But even if, I think that I've done good. I still know evil is always knocking at my door. The law is good, but by nature, I'm bad. So, so, so when, legal, when legalistic people say, right, obey the law and you'll do good and live a good life, they're wrong. The law cannot enable us to do good, but shows us that we need help beyond ourselves. Even the scripture shows us that we need help beyond ourselves. How do we know it? Because that's what Jesus said. Come here, John 14. If you love me, you will keep my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor, another comfort, another uh, um, helper to be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it does not see him or know him. But you do know him because he remains with you and will be in you. Hear this. God already knew that you were his son. He already knew that you were his daughter and you wouldn't be able to keep the law by yourself. In fact, 
Let, let's look at it this way. He already knew that you were going to be adventurous. He already knew that you was going to jump out of the airplane. So before you got up there, he gave you a parachute. He gave you a parachute, right? And all you got to do is press the button. I'm going to tell you, the button don't look like this. The button look like this. All you got to do is press the button. And he says, listen, I have a helper, a comforter, a paracletos to be with you, to help you. And otherwise, you're going to hit the ground flat. Let me tell you, the law cannot enable us to do good. It shows us that we need help. Well, who is the help? It's the spirit of God. The law can't enable us to do good, but shows us that we need help. The struggle is real, but so is freedom. Thank God for the power of his spirit at work in our lives. We cannot change ourselves. We need help. It's greater than us. Listen. Thank you for listening to the Faith Community Bible Church podcast. We hope you are encouraged by the message on today. To respond to today's message, please go to fcbcstl.com forward slash respond. If you would like to give to support the mission and vision of Faith Community Bible Church, you can go to fcbcstl.com forward slash give. God bless.